Welcome to this podcast from Greater Boston on WGBH2. It is one in a series of interviews with authors conducted by Greater Boston host Emily Rooney. Our podcasts are made possible through the generous contributions of WGBH viewers and listeners like you. Thanks for joining us. And now, here's Emily. Set in Boston, of course, at the end of the First World War, The Given Day tells the story of two families, one black and one white, swept up in the chaos of anarchists, immigrants, and ward bosses. And author Dennis Lehane is here. Welcome. Great to have you back. Great to be here. So I was reading one of your profiles today and said you uh, had considered being a, a journalism major. You were, and then you decided, hey, I don't really like the facts. Yeah, I know that hasn't <laughs> stopped some journalists in the past, but... Um, exactly. Yeah, I just, I just didn't... Um, they were too dry? It, what was it about yeah, the facts? Yeah, you know, somebody would say, I'd say, you know, so what did so-and-so say? And, and they'd give me the line. And, well, that's not very good. I can think of a better line than that. <laughs> you know, it, it just, it didn't have the pop. It didn't have the... You know, it's a little bit too, too. Uh, well, you know, it's interesting though, because all of your stories have this underlying theme of fact. I mean, they have mystery and all of that to them, but almost everything is based on something that you you, you relate to in, in in everyday life, and even some of the the creepy stuff. You know. Mm -hmm. So I mean, you, you obviously draw on the real world for. Oh sure. Oh yeah, without a doubt. But it's it's um, they, they say that. Uh, Fiction is the lie that tells the truth. Mm. So fiction, in a way, can get closer to the truth in in some in some instances mm -hmm. than facts that will change. You know, um, so it's it's just it, it, at the end of the day, I've tried doing. I did nonfiction uh, for a Boston Magazine article uh, mm -hmm. a couple of years ago, and it was brutal. It was absolutely <laughs> brutal. I was very yeah. happy with the with the finished product, yeah. but my God, it was so hard to deal with. You know, it's interesting because we always talk about uh, nonfiction here on on, on the. Uh, um, on the show because it's so hard to talk about fiction without giving the plot away. So sure. I'm not going to do that with, oh, yeah, with yeah, this yeah. book too. No problem. But, because, yeah. Largely because I haven't read it yet. It, I just got it. I'm going to take it home tonight. Well, it's 700 pages. You <laughs> it's know, 700. So, um, but you have, I mean, this one, you got all the Boston references in it, mm -hmm. but it's a little different. It's not uh, the kind it, of the mystery that some of your others have been. No, it's not a mystery. I mean, it's a, if it has to be labeled, it's a historical epic. Um, mm -hmm. It's meant to look at 12 months in really 12 months during, uh, in the history of the United States, uh, mm -hmm. September of 1918 to September 1919, climaxing with the Boston police strike of 1919. So you weave in all the characters from that genre, Jack Reed, you've got all these people in there. I've got real, yeah, I've got some real people. Babe Ruth, uh, yeah. J. Edgar Hoover, young J. Edgar Hoover, his name was John <laughs> Hoover then. Um, Calvin Coolidge was governor, Edwin Upton Curtis, who was the police commissioner. Mm -hmm. um, Jack Reed, Eugene O'Neill, mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of, uh, people who sort of just, you know, walk through the canvas, if you will. Uh, your, your books have been such a great success. I mean, is there a temptation, you know, Mystic River, Gone Be Gone, now Shutter Island with mm -hmm. Martin Scorsese has just done that, to kind of write with that in mind, that, that no. you know that, that it's going to be picked up as a screenplay? No, it's so, <laughs> that's so dumb. I don't, <laughs> I don't know, I, you know, I know writers, you can see writers, do, th yeah. this, it was funny, I got a, um, uh, one of the only uh, negative reviews of this was, was in the Boston Globe. Oh, really? Love you. And um, <laughs> and the only we'll make thing up that, for that. And the only thing that annoyed me about it was that the with the critic really moronically assumed my intention yeah. and said um, he obviously had an eye on the movies. Really? Really? I, that's why I wrote a seven hundred page book yeah. because I wanted to do a seven hundred minute movie. We know how successful mm -hmm. those are. Um, so that was that was my intention was to uh, I, I want to write a book. I want to write, and whatever Hollywood wants to do with it after I write it. Knock yourselves out. I mean, we did sell this ultimately to the movies, which I think is hysterical. 
I mean, I feel really bad for the screenwriter. Yeah, that's going to be how's tough he, one. How's he going to do this? I have no idea. Well, I mean, have you ever wondered that before in any of yours? Or did you think it was more linear? And it was no, I'm writing, when I write, I'm writing to a reader. It's like an imagined reader. I can see them sitting in a chair. I can't mm -hmm. tell you if they're male or female, but I can see them. They're sitting there, and I'm talking to them. Mm -hmm. And that's the relationship, and it's very intimate, where you know, books are um, very much active. Mm -hmm. they're, in, they're a relationship between the writer and the reader. Movies are passive. You sit there, and the movie comes at you. Um, I love movies. Don't get me wrong. I, I adore movies, and mm -hmm. I've written for TV, um, but I just, when I write my books, it's just me and, me and that reader. Now you've developed relationships with some of these people. And mm -hmm. then have, I mean, uh, Clint Eastwood, uh, Ben Affleck. Sure. I mean, now when, I mean, you're just sort of like part of their world. What's that like? No, I'm not yes, part of their world. Yes, you are, come on. If I lived in their world, <laughs> I would be part of their yeah. world. Or if I, um, or if, it, it, you, you have to meet that world halfway. Mm -hmm. the, the way I always say is you, you have to put a, a dime in the jukebox. Mm -hmm. You have to pay for the dance. Mm -hmm. I don't. I, it's not, um, it's, it's, it's too goofy. But they, <laughs> they value your input? I mean, don't yeah, they? they've been really great. Um, I've been very lucky, though. You have to understand, I've worked uh, now with three directors mm -hmm. who would give in complete control of the films that they made, mm -hmm. which is extremely rare. And so their visions and my vision being connected. Do they care what your vision is yeah. after the book is finished? They were so they really do. great. I mean, yeah. I, but, but does the studio care? Yeah. No. The studio wanted to change the ending to Mystic River. They wanted to change the ending to Gone Baby really? Gone. And I think if they got their druthers... Love they the ending of Gone Baby Gone. Yeah. I think yeah. if they got their druthers, they'd have changed the ending of, um, of Shutter Island, too. Yeah. But uh, I, Now, I don't, what is that one about again? Is that, is that an... Um, that's the one set in a mental institution the in the 1950s. Just, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's Scors uh, Martin Scorsese and Leonardo out? DiCaprio. I just saw a trailer for it. You did? I thought I did wow. the other day. It's no. coming out in October of oh, 2009. Oh, October. Hmm. So, um, so yeah. So that's uh, I've just been very I've been very blessed to to work with um, really strong creative people mm -hmm. um, who weren't. Uh, a lot of movies are made by committee. The, yeah. I've I've had movies who were ma made by one person each time. Clint Eastwood, Ben Affleck, Martin Scorsese. Mm -hmm. So I've been really lucky. And who who is option this one? Uh, Sam Raimi, who did the Spider-Man movies. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, well, he'll make so. it exciting. We'll see. All right. We'll see. Dennis Lehane, it's always a pleasure to have you here. Thanks for listening to this podcast, one in a series of interviews conducted by Greater Boston host Emily Rooney. We invite you to watch Greater Boston weeknights on WGBH2 at 7 p.m. and again at midnight. The program is also available through Comcast On Demand.